I want to start today with a shout out to Northern Virginia Orthodontics. It opens its doors in Brambleton, Virginia in 2008, but has grown into four locations and has changed over 20,000 smiles. NVO is proud to be the number one Invisalign provider in the nation and has treated more Invisalign patients in the DC metro area than any other provider. Check them out on the web, www.nvorthodontics.com. You're listening to the Real Recruiting Story Podcast, where current college baseball players reflect on the recruiting process. Every player has a personal story that hasn't been shared until now. The quest to get committed by a college doesn't have to be a difficult journey. Mark Wright has coached dozens of high school baseball players, helping literally hundreds of showcase players navigate the next chapter of their careers. Now, here's your host, Mark Rye. Jared Lyons is a four-year baseball letter winner at 6A West Springfield in high school, a big school in the state of Virginia. And he was selected first-team all-conference, first-team all-region, first-team all-state as an influencer. He also earned honorable mention all-met. He completed his senior season in high school with a 6-2 record and 1.18 ERA striking out 71 batters over 53 innings. At the plate, he batted 459 with two home runs, three triples, and seven doubles. When he arrived in college in 2018, he played 20 games with 17 starts at six different positions. But then it became obvious he was most dominant on the mound. This past year, Jared earned A-10 All-Conference First Team and All-Academic Honor. He finished the 2021 campaign with a 6-2 record and 3.73 ERA. He won five of his last seven starts. He's the first George Mason baseball player to earn first team and all academic honors in the same season since the Patriots joined the league in 2014. Among A-10 leaders during the 2021 season, Jared Lyons ranked second in lowest opponent batting average at 192, tied for third in wins with six and tied for third in strikeouts at 76. Welcome to the show, Jared Lyons. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good. I'm good, Coach Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. So so where are you at right now? Where, where is this being recorded? I'm in a hotel room. I'm in a Days Inn. Oh, Best Western. Sorry, I was in a Days Inn the, uh, yesterday. I'm um, in, in the Appalachian League in Danville, Virginia, playing for right, the so, Otterbots. All right, so you're playing summer baseball, and they put you up in a hotel? Yeah, yeah. USA Baseball is actually paying for uh, all the all the rooming and uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's really nice. No fees down here. Very cool. What's the situation like from your hotel to like where you play, where your games are? Is there oh, home? everything's super close. We're like five minutes from our home field, and then we have a weight room three minutes from the hotel. So it's like everything's five minute, three minute drive. And there's a lot of food around here too, so that that helps a lot. That's an awesome setup. Good for you. Have you thrown yet since you've been there? Yeah, so I've had two outings. Right now, we're kind of like piggybacking off of each other. No one's like a set starter for whatever day. It's usually four or three innings. Done five innings, struck out 13. But yeah, no, I'm definitely getting out there. It's fun to compete, you know, after the season. And it it kind of didn't go the way we wanted to, but it's fun to compete again. So, All right, well, well, let's back things up a little bit. You're out on the recruiting circuit. 
what I remember, Jared Lyons, is you were an elite defending shortstop. I'd like to think I'm a little bit of a snob, infield snob, almost probably honest to a fault with kids when they're going through the recruiting process. And I thought you were slick as could be, man. So you're going through the recruiting process. Were you going through as a pitcher, as an infielder, as a hitter, or, or all of it? How did it work out for you? For me, my pro- for I preferred to be a shortstop, but I had a great arm. So I was able to throw on the mound pretty well. And I, I had a pretty good curveball. But schools were recruiting me as both, um, if not every school was. I think Virginia Tech was the only school that wanted me to throw. Yeah, no, every school – wanted me to be a two-way. So. so as a you said you had a big arm. How did you get a big arm? Did you always have a big arm? Were you a Little League All-Star at age 11 yeah. and 12? And if so, were, did you have a big arm back then? Yeah. I mean, I've always just tried to throw the ball hard, and I think that's really helped me up until this point. There's nothing really specific that I really did. I think I just threw a lot in Little League. That uh, started there. I mean, I would pitch a lot. I'd throw the whole game. Uh, obviously, the pitch count would kind of make me not. But, no, in high school, J-Bands – kind of started to take effect long toss like getting into a really good program and then driveline that that all started to kick up when I was like a senior or junior in high school like compile balls and that kind of thing and then sticking to my mechanics was definitely the things that made me throw harder so in high school were you a big part of that rotation there oh yeah I was our I was our horse okay. me and Calvin me and Calvin were the one two at that Calvin time, Pastel? At, at West yeah Calvin Pastel me and were the one two at West Springfield and our senior year, we ended up winning state. So it was me and him just going back to back uh, all, all, all postseason. So well, then it was really break, fun. You said you have a good breaking ball. How did you learn your breaking ball? I mean, just messing around? Or did, do you remember someone yeah, teaching I mean, your breaking ball? Or you just messed around? I threw – I mean, in Little League, I was a curveball. Uh, that was that – was, I've thrown that my whole life pretty much. I wasn't a guy who was, like, scared. or People didn't really tell me to, like, oh, take it easy. Don't throw too many curveballs. I didn't throw that many. Again, I threw hard in the league, so I really needed to go fastballs. But, I mean, I think it might have been my Little League coach. Who called, I can't remember who, but okay. I just started snapping them off. And as I got more comfortable with it, it just got better. So, All right. Well, so let's talk your – we're talking fastball, breaking ball. What was your fastball in high school? State championship. What was your fastball in that game? So the – I think the PBR guys were there. I think they had it up to 91 that game. But where I go privately to pitch, I, I was up to like 92, 93 my, my senior year. And what about now, George Mason? I think you were the – were you A-10 pitcher of the year? First team? No, no, that was, that was some dude. On, I was the first team. You were first, yeah, team. first team. All right, so you're, first, you're, you're on the first team. What's your velocity in the A-10? In the in A-10, the last two weekends, I was up to 96. 96. So yeah, so so, I mean, you've cool. just continued to jump your whole your whole career. It sounds yeah, like you've gotten yeah. A I, better I, I think it could have gone up faster if I decided to become a PO earlier. But then again, I I had the ability to play the field, and I wanted to stick to that. And it wasn't until my sophomore year after I, I had to sit out for a little bit. I didn't want to pit. I didn't want to play the field anymore because I knew I knew I could be a really good pitcher in the long. Okay, game. so what? All right, so this is awesome. So you so you're talking high school. So you knew. When did you know you're going to be a PO and going to get money to go to school? And now, obviously, you're talking to pro scout. When did you know, like, hey, I'm going to earn earn my keep, earn my living as a pitcher? When was it? No, uh, no, in college, in sophomore in college. Even in okay. high school, I was like, I'm doing pinching as a side gig kind of thing just to keep me, you know, so I get playing time. 
And then sophomore year in, in college, that's when I kind of realized, hey, I should probably take a little bit more serious and um, start focusing on it. Wow. So your freshman year of college, you still were in your mind, you're, you're a two way. You're there. You're competing yeah. for an infield spot. You're hitting. I was actually I wasn't even in an infield to start. I the first weekend in, in Florida, it was like an invitational kind of tournament thing. We played against Iowa and I started in left. I remember Skip coming up to me and saying, hey, are you comfortable with starting in left field? And that was a week before we went down to Florida. So I had to start playing outfield. And then obviously in, in stars, I was I was a shortstop, but you would kick us out to the outfield to make sure we weren't idiots out there. So um, <laughs> it helped out. It helped out. So I, I went from left to right. Our center fielder went down. I played center. I actually played against NC State in center field, so that was really fun. And then I moved to third, second, and then eventually I got moved out of the lineup. But then I became a, a weekend guy on the mound. So you've had a, a a good career then. I mean, you're you're able to live the life of a two way guy. Jesus, you're in center field playing NC State. <laughs> Fast forward, you even admitted you took it more serious. Your velocity goes up. You take pitching more serious, and now you're a dude. You're one of the best pitchers in your in your conference, obviously. And you know you've got an opportunity maybe here play at the next level. So that's great. How about your actual commitment? Do you remember where were you when you? ultimately decided you were going to play for Jordan Mason. How does that unfold? I mean, you, did you have several other opportunities from what I recall, you were on the phone with, you know, a half dozen schools. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, when I committed, I was, I was at my house and then I, I, I just got off the phone with VC and I told him I was going to commit to George Mason. And I did coach tag answer the phone. I said, Hey, I want to be a Patriot. It was kind of like, are you so you're asking me like what when did I decide? Yeah, like how did you de- how did you decide? Someone like you who, like you said, was was a two way guy. I think you even implied there was a power five that you know said they were interested. They wanted you only as a pitcher. So I mean, you had your fair share of opportunities and phone calls, and you showcased all the right places. But when did all of a sudden the light bulb go off that you're like, you know what, I'm ready to commit, and I'm going to commit now to this school? Like, how does how does that happen? For people that are on the outside, most people are just trying to figure out how to get a call from like a college coach. You had dozens of calls, visits. How do you decide like this is it? I'm ready to commit because it was definitely it wasn't your senior year; it was your junior, right? Or yeah, my junior year. Yeah, junior year in the so fall. You commit, yeah, you, you commit with you know two years before college, year and a half before college. How did you know like this is it? This is the time. Just the conversations I had with the team or with the coaching staff, and then um, going to practices to see how it was run and talking to Skip and all the all the things to come in the next few seasons. And then I did my own research. I mean, I looked at the infield and saw who was graduating when I was coming in, so where I would fit in, and then looked at the staff. But, yeah, I just – I was going to come in and play right away. I know I know a lot of college coaches tell you that, but that that's how it was going to be when I went to Mason, and I knew that for a fact. Really good. Do you remember talking on the phone with college coaches, different college coaches? And what do you remember of any of your calls? Do you ever remember being like, wow, I really crushed that? Do you remember being like, that didn't go well? I know I know. my very first one was when I was a freshman. And it was it was a planned call. So I think a bunch of my team is like Justin Hamby. I know you mentioned he, um, he had a call that day too. But I was like 30 minutes before the call, I was like anticipating what questions he was going to ask and like how I would respond. I definitely, I definitely sounded really nervous over the phone with him, but I think, I think I did well though. I didn't, I didn't say anything I would take back. So yeah, I think it went well, but there had, there was calls. It just got easier and easier. And the more I called guys and the more I calls I received. 
You know, it always seemed nothing. pretty cool as a cucumber, like whether it was playing shortstop, pitching in big moments. I think that's kind of like your your hit factor. You were yeah, you were athletic with a big arm and whatnot, but you just never you never seemed too <laughs> too worried or stressed about anything. You know, almost to a fault. It's like, he, does he realize he's pitching with bases loaded and coming in like from like shortstop? You had like big moments, and you just are always we're just pretty <laughs> chill with it, which I think is a you know a good trait for you for sure. You were you were talking about earlier how. You did your own research. What other type of research can you do besides going on the internet, going and visit schools? I mean, did you take that much of an initiative to research all of your schools or was it because you were going to showcase events at those schools? How does that work out? How do you research other schools? So I made like I had my top three or whatever and I, I narrowed it down so I didn't have to do really extensive research on every school I talked to. Well, that's, but that's I mean, perfect right there in itself to people like, yeah, you have to have some sort of because you, you could have obviously talked to 30 schools. I mean, you're, you're right. talented enough to do so. So that, that's how it went for me. But every, I mean, every time I went to a showcase tournament, I remember going to UNC. I mean, that was a far-fetched school for me. I don't think I was going to be able to play there at the time. But, yeah, I mean, just, just going around. And, I mean, if I got the chance to meet players there, I would, talking to other coaches and stuff. Yeah, no, just, just going there to the actual school and seeing how things were done. Uh, even watching games too that definitely was a big big thing for me too actually watching college baseball games was i think something that i should have done a lot more of but i, I it definitely helped so now that you're on the, the other side looking back if you were going through the recruiting process again or if you had a, a young friend or brother what would be like your bit of advice you would tell somebody you've already been through it what's what's the best thing someone should take into consideration don't be, don't be like shy, like <laughs> go, go like, like get your name out there, email as many schools as you want, go to as many showcases as you want, obviously be prepared to do that. Don't just go there with, I mean, not, not the right skill set, but just get your name out there. Don't be shy, ask questions, have lengthy, lengthy phone calls. I mean, just ask questions. I think it's the biggest thing uh, in getting your name out there. Cause you never know you can have one good weekend and you were really naggy at UNC and they came to watch you and you hit three triples and topped out at 88 on the mound as a sophomore in high school. You never know. I think that's good because everyone gets hung up, for lack of a better word, on like what the when's the recruiting cycle work? When can coaches contact you? But ultimately, I mean, one of the you know unwritten things is you guys can contact coaches anytime. So right. when they can reply might be different, but you guys can literally contact any coach at any time. Seems thankless if you're emailing or you're filling out a recruiting questionnaire or if you're having like your showcase coach contact somebody, but you can just inundate schools as many as you want, like you said, and get your name out there. And then when you get on the phone, I like what you said there too, is it's great to establish that rapport, but that's probably the best like blank check. Like you could just ask anything you want. So as far as like, what do you want to know about the school? I mean, you literally have the coach's captive attention. That's you're not going to fire off a text to a coach and, and ask them some random question about their schedule or their weight room or, what improvements they're doing in the field or, but when you have him on the phone, right, he's got a, he's established a report to you and you guys could leverage that. You can leverage that. Like you could think you should never get off and be like, well, I don't know if I should ask anything. If they're taking time to get on the phone with you, then that, it's a, it's a big deal, obviously. So that's mm -hmm. really good. Let's talk about a day in the life of college baseball. You show up at George Mason, you were a stud in Northern Virginia you won the state championship. You got recruited earlier, at least ahead of your peers. What's it like? How do you compare college baseball as soon as you arrive that, that first day? What was it like for you? 
it was definitely a change of pace for sure. Um, everything was done quicker. I mean, practices went by. It was, it was really planned out. Everything we did was quick paced. I mean, I knew that going in too. I mean, I, I saw the practices before I came in, but, and then obviously you're a young guy again. So you're kind of, you're kind of doing, you're doing more work than others. Like you're getting the balls, you're shagging a lot more. You're bringing the bucket in after BP. I mean, it's those kind of things. I know I, I expected that going in, but it was just the biggest change of pace from high school to then. And especially being a freshman again, I think that was, that was a big thing. How about uh, classes? How is it juggling classes with baseball compared to juggling classes at West Springfield to baseball? Obviously college academics is, is a lot harder, but I've always been kind of like a high academic dude. So it wasn't, it wasn't that big of a change. And, and West Springfield actually did a really good job preparing me to handle the college workload, the school, but then college baseball, I'm at the field for like probably three hours, including, and not, not including weight room and uh, showing up early for being a two way to get extra work in. But it was, it was tough to manage, but it, it was definitely, you just have to, you have to work really hard and you, you can't really take time off. How about let, let's talk about your, your pitching. So obviously it sounds like you're good at 12 U let alone high school state championship, let alone, your showcase team you're playing in you know, multiple states. What have you added, if anything, besides velocity? Have you done anything different? You know, what now as a pitcher, like did you develop a different breaking ball, a different change up? Are you better holding runners? Like what's different about you now as a pitcher that you didn't have in your mix, you know, three years ago? Everything really. I mean, I, I have right now this summer, I'm throwing five pitches. I throw a fastball, a curveball. Slider has actually been my biggest put out pitch change up. And then I'm actually learning a cutter and I'm going to throw it today. Actually, I got a game later today. <laughs> I'm going to start throwing a little more. Um, and then just being a better actual pitcher, like you said, holding runners, having different tempos to the plate, all those kind of things. And actually like paying attention to the counts, knowing what pitches to throw are just like a huge thing. Not just being, I used to be a guy who got on the mound and whatever the catcher put down is what I would throw. But really, I mean, I, I, I decide what I'm going to throw that day. So in what pitch and what count. And I, and I, I have to really believe in what I'm going to throw. It's just becoming a better pitcher. And I think when coach camp came to Mason, he, he made that a pretty big uh, point where I, I, I had the ability to be a good pitcher, but I just wasn't an actual pitcher. I was just a thrower at that That's point. Awesome. Did you have any outing this year where you didn't have your best stuff? And you had to go to a different pitch, like on that specific day, you're like, this isn't working. I'm going to audible and do X. Yeah. Uh, I can actually remember against GW at home. It was one of my best outings. And, oh, awesome. um, and I threw, I think I couldn't throw my curveball, So I had to just rely on the slider. I went fastball slider and I probably threw four or five changeups and just kept them honest. You know, it's the equalizer. So, and, and I ended up throwing a one hitter over seven innings. And See, that's crazy because you think, I mean, if that happens to somebody in showcase baseball or even high school in the postseason, I mean, there's panic buttons. If you get yeah. someone in the bullpen and they're like, oh, I can't throw X. I mean, we we can see that on the face and, you know, we try to massage and fix it. Whereas you're, you know, obviously, again, there you are, you're cool as a cucumber, but you just went down your roll decks and menu of things. You just figure a different way to get guys out and you throw a one hitter. That's that's off the chain. Awesome. Really good. So what what type of. Uh, lifting program are you doing now? So I heard you when we started earlier, you were talking about how you guys have access to a weight room. What's your lifting program look like? Right now, um, the school gave us one 
and it's it's just it's like a strength building we want to come back in the fall if i go back to school just to be strong strong as a bull when i was a sophomore i really tried to get just really strong and i ended up losing a little bit of my mobility and i was i was pretty tight everywhere and then i made a change in in the fall my junior year in college to put a more a focus on like movement and stability and core movements and stuff like that so that's what I'm kind of doing now. I'll still have my main movements like a deadlift, uh, bench press, but I won't. I won't do you know like a bodybuilder. I won't be doing dumbbell bench right after bench press, but I'll do more co- core stability work, single leg movements and stuff like that. Awesome. So, so two good things there that get me to hit on. So one, you said not come back to school because you might you might have an opportunity to go play pro baseball. That's big on the recruiting circuit. Everyone's looking for the perfect math and science as to like. How many people was George Mason recruiting, you know, to go next year? Or how do people commit late? And you're a perfect example. Like your fate is it's going to sort out in the next couple of weeks. And you're going to have, you know, door number one or two, which sounds like either way, you could go back and be another stud again, or you could maybe try it, you know, at the, at the next level, you know, whatever your decision comes to. But that, of course, impacts everybody, not only on your current roster for depth chart, but that could Im- impact Juco guys, you know, right now. That could, Im- you know, impact it a bunch of guys, let alone last year, I would assume your staff could start projecting when they're recruiting a little bit. You came in as a two-way guy. They thought you might be an infielder. You're an outfielder. You're hitting. There's no chance. Then they were like, Hey, this is going to be a possible draft pick guy. Fast forward a year later, was we're on the recruiting circuit. Your guys are out now being like, Jesus, Jared Lyons may end up leaving school early. to be right. a pitcher. I mean, that's not that crazy to project. It would have been crazy maybe as a freshman when you were. So to everyone out there, whenever they're trying to figure out like, those roster spots, I, I think that's super tough. The other thing you said that was great was your mobility. Mobility is so huge. Everyone, I mean, strength's a huge factor. And I think as you guys mature and get older, you realize that mobility is key. I mean, for any yeah. position, I mean, yeah, pitching for sure. But I mean, it, it'll help everybody, you know, whether they're, you know, hitting or, or, or otherwise. Let's talk about your fall social life compared to the spring social life. Is there any difference as far as like your free time when we talk about classes, we talk about the weight room? But just to give everyone else a, a, a flavor of college baseball, is there a difference in how much free time you have to yourself in the fall versus spring, or is it the same? It's a, Yeah, it's a little different, uh, especially on weekends. I think on weekends, obviously, during the spring, we're going to have weekend series, and our games are in the middle of the day. We don't have lights, so we can't we can't really go anywhere or do anything because we got to be at the field for a 1 o'clock game at 9 o'clock in the morning. So, But in the fall – those weekends, I mean, we'll have a practice or we'll be having scrimmages, but we have the rest of the day to ourselves. Obviously, school's not not a thing in the weekend uh, other than homework. But, yeah, there's a lot more free time on weekends during the fall. That's good for everyone when it comes to time management. What would be one other bit of advice that you could give anybody, Jared, that's considering college baseball? I already probed you once, and we'll probably one more time before we go to a couple of lighthearted questions with you. Any, okay. any other alibis you can think of? go to a school and put like make it a priority to have a school that has a great player development program, whether it's hitting or pitching, because a lot of times you can find yourself not getting the help you need and you can't just sit there and do nothing. So then you'll have to revert to doing research on your own, putting the time in on your own, even talking to old coaches that you've had. I remember talking to you as a hitter and coming back in the winter and hit, having a hitting session with you just to make sure everything's, Everything's going right. But yeah, make uh, player development, I think, is something that is really important in college. That's awesome. 
And I mean, so big because especially when you commit early for better or for worse, you guys look at, you know, uniforms and <laughs> amenities and superficial thing. But once you guys get a little bit more intelligent on it, you look at the academic fees, the program, the coaches, the personality and all that's great. But for sure, player development's huge. I mean, you don't want to just, no one should just go into the college and then be the same player. In your case, like I said, you had this trajectory, you kept getting better and better. And it seems like you definitely skyrocketed. I mean, it's undeniable. You were a really good pitcher and then you, you became, you know, great. So you're going to have some, some opportunities ahead of you, both exciting and maybe stressful. I don't know, but it's (laughs) really, really cool for you, man. Proud of you. Let's finish off with a couple of lighthearted questions just to get to know Jared Lyons a little bit. I'll fire off the questions. You riddle off your answers to me. All right. What's your favorite sunflower seed flavor? I like the, it's uh, the brand is the bigs and it's the Taco Bell Supreme flavor. Tastes really good. Money. Forget sunflower seeds. What would be your other dugout snack that you would eat? Probably gum. Um, I, I, if we had a choice, I'd probably pick like wintergreen, something like that. Wintergreen? Jeez. What the, that's like a 50 year old man's gum. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what other flavor gums there are, man. I'm not going to get <laughs> cinnamon, dude. <laughs> all right let's say you, you win a big game where's your meal of choice big game i i, I could probably just eat a whole pizza a whole large pizza on my own from what, would you, uh, what do you put on your pizza just pepperoni and if i'm if i'm feeling a little, little extra hungry i'll get the meat lovers so there's like sausage pepperoni whatever but yeah all right let's say baseball didn't work out you're out of school you're going to be a champion in intramural sports what sport would you play Intramural? Yep. Oh, boy. Tennis. I think I would be a good tennis player. Growing up, I'd play with my dad all the time. I still do. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be playing. If tennis in high school, if tennis wasn't a spring sport, uh, I would I would have played tennis and baseball at the same time. Sweet. Snowboard or uh, water skiing, what would you be better at? Snowboarding. I've never water skied before, and I've been snowboarding. I did break my collarbone snowboarding, but I'm definitely a lot better at snowboarding. And better basketball player, LeBron James or Michael Jordan? <laughs> I gotta, I'm gonna go with LeBron, man. I mean, I, I watch, I watched LeBron play, and I haven't watched MJ play, but from what I've seen from LeBron, I don't think there's anyone better than him. Pretty good. All right, you've been awesome, buddy. I appreciate Thanks. it. You're the man. Subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please tune into our next episode and thanks for listening.